0: Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu, that's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.
1: At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com, and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max.
2: Welcome to the Michael and Chauncey Show.
3: Hello. Good evening, and thank you to all of our listeners who uh, chose to uh, tune in tonight to the Michael and Chauncey show. I'm Michael Blooming, Jr. I'm here with my co-host, Chauncey Brown III. He has his uh, conservative talk radio. I also have my show live with Michael Blooming, Jr. We have some uh, great uh, guests coming in tonight, Basil Baz. Um, he has a, a company called Arc, and he's uh, really working to end sex trafficking and, and actually save children and working with Department of Justice. So we're really excited. And um, you know, we actually had a, a blackout when we begin this show. And, and last show, I got my mic got cut off. So you know that our conservative values are under attack, Chauncey. You know that we're go- we're being shadow banned, we're being uh, shielded, and especially now since I'm back running for U.S. Congress, the hate is out there. People are again trying to say I never served this country. Uh, people are out there saying all these things about me to try to undercut me in my district, um, but it's okay. I got a team across America who believes in me, believes in what you're doing, Chauncey. We're going to get the message out, I'm going to fight in U.S. Congress because that's what the, the God has called me to do because I love this country, and we love America.
2: Amen. Thank you very much, Michael. It's always a pleasure to be on the show with you, and I also want to apologize to the American people for the blackout, but like you stated – and we stand up for what is right, and we stand up for the republic of this country, the left, the liberal media, is going to push back. Uh, they control most of all the social media platforms, and we've been pushed back on, not here on Blog Talk Radio, but on Twitter, on Facebook, and our groups. Um, I tried to make some postings today, and it's coming out like you can't see it. I was like, what's going on with that post? Um, so we just have to, you know... <coughs> keep uh, being strong, keep getting our message out there. And we're asking everyone else to help spread our message because that is what this movement is about, saving our country. And it's important because we know that we're being shadow banned. Any conservative viewpoint, we're stepping up for the Constitution, the United States of America. So we must spread the word. We must stick together. We must fight hard to protect our American values.
3: Absolutely, you know, we love this country, you know. I've been uh, interviewing candidates from all over the country, South Carolina, Texas, California, Arizona, Ohio, uh Pennsylvania, everywhere. I love this country and I tell you what, we have a group of people that are going to really rise and and stand up together. That's why I decided to jump back in the race. And I'm telling you what, we're gonna catch fire, and we're gonna bring the heat in 2020. Because right now, the Democrats are trying to control the narrative. They're trying to, you know, continue to have open borders. Uh, Texas just the other day wants to try to fight the president about, you know, having the border wall in Texas. I mean, this kind of stuff. And Texas is supposed to be a conservative state. I know they're trying to turn it purple, but these kind of things are very harmful to our nation and to our sovereignty. When you let people come into the country, you don't know who they are, you don't know where they're going, or why they want to be here. You know, um, you know. You look at September 11th. People are trying to drive, you know, fly airplanes, and they're not interested in landing. They just want to know how to fly the plane. These are the kind of things that the American people need to look for in your business and your communities. These people that are acting. Very bizarre, or they want to get some kind of specialized training, or they want to buy some kind of materials through supply chain management, through the business world. So, we got to be aware of these things because these people every single day want to create chaos, they want to create fear, and they want to shut us down. They want to take away our guns, they want to put this red flag law in, which is an absolute joke.
2: Yeah, this is exactly true. And it's sad. You know, we must protect America. You talked about illegal immigration. There's a couple of things that you didn't mention. We have to protect our borders. Bioterrorism is real. We don't know if these people are bringing diseases into our country. Bioterrorism, we have no idea. Yes, we're a compassionate country. Yes, we're an open country. But we're a country of laws. And when illegal immigrants have Absolutely. more rights we have than to be American a country citizens... Of laws. Exactly, because that is what makes we, us. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Michael.
3: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's important. We society. have to have laws. We have to have order. We have to have laws. We have to have order. We also have to fight the illegal things that are happening in this country, and that that a big part of that component of that, and it's and it's number one on my agenda item for running for Congress in District 21 in Florida because it is is very very, um, it's just open. I mean. Sex trafficking in Palm Beach County, Florida, should be—you know it's it, people should be brought to justice. We have to rescue these kids. You know, there's federal and state dollars and local dollars that are being allocated, and we need organizations such as the one that Basil Baz is working with, and he's our guest today. And I'm looking forward to bring him on and getting all of his knowledge and information and what he's doing in um, his background and, and what he's doing for America to help fight this tragedy in California, Texas, here in Florida, and all over the country. So with that. Basil, it's so great to have you on the show. Thank you, and and Chauncey and I are so uh, grateful for your time.
4: Hey, Michael. Hey, Chauncey. How are you? Thank you, Size, for having me on the show.
2: Pleasure, Basil.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for being flexible. We really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, we apologize for that. Also, I, I, I do want to mention that thank you for standing up for the children and for all the people that are involved in the victims of sex trafficking still so very, very important. I thank you for your courage for stepping up. Oh, thank yes. you so much.
4: <clears throat> thank you for saying that it's uh you when you get called to do something, you just salute and do it you know
2: amen amen absolutely amen.
3: Why don't we talk about um basil to start off your organization? And you know when it was founded, and what was the core bedrock of why you wanted to found that organization, and what's your passion behind it? Because you have a very uh, interesting background, a very distinct background.
4: Well, thank you for asking. Yeah, in um, 1993, or just prior to 93, uh, actually in 1985, uh, as a former captain, of the United States Marine Corps uh, counterterrorism officer, I was recruited by the CIA into Special Activities Division. Uh, Special Operations Group Ground Branch. And uh, and uh, for those that know a lot about that, that is generally what was talked about as the president's secret hand, uh, paramilitary case officers. And so with those assignments, we found ourselves in 1993 in Mogadishu, Somalia, as some of the first uh, intelligence gatherers uh, on the ground prior to uh, conventional military forces engaged in what was called Operation Restore Hope. And on a given day, um, and with much, much uh, consideration on multiple fronts, uh, we decided to rescue a couple of little girls. Uh, one was probably about 16. The other was probably about 10, who were not indigenous to the region, um, really looked out of, out of place wearing green T-shirts, aviator glasses, and blue jeans. Uh, and they were hiding underneath some debris, And um, so we ended up rescuing – eventually we ended up rescuing those two little girls and getting them to an orphanage in Mogadishu during the the conflict. And there's a lot more to the story, which is quite miraculous, to be honest with you, but for the sake of of our time, uh, suffice it to say, I did that, and when I got back to the United States, um, I just – on my heart, I was not burdened with it, but there was this just nagging, and I had to find out what happens to children in our own country. And so, I uh, engaged in a, in a dialogue with many friends across the law enforcement, uh, you know, environment, FBI, CIA, which is not necessarily law enforcement, but every uh, state department, local law enforcement, whatever it may be, and asked the simple question: What's happening with the children in America? And Across the board at that time in 1993, most everybody was saying, well, we're not really sure. And um, uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, we, we have other priorities. We have homicides. We have terrorism. Uh, we have white-collar crime. We have bank robberies. We, and they went through the whole list. But nowhere together I find in the discussions that children were a priority in our nation. And so I researched and found out that about 250,000 American children at that time were claimed to be missing. And that some were runaways, some were a lot of other things. But when, when, as I continued to investigate more and more and more, I found out that a very high percentage of that, those children were actually being sex trafficked. And that was an issue that was not being addressed by anyone at the time, uh, maybe touched on from time to time. But not with the uh, not with the impact that we see now through just slavery and trafficking. And so, I felt led to start uh, the Association for the Recovery of Children. Yet, while I was still inside the CIA, um, and unbeknownst to the agency at that time, and what I did is, on my holidays, we would go out single-handedly and uh, rescue children, and um, and learn more and more and more about why it wasn't being done. And what I discovered at that time was there were budgetary constraints for law enforcement departments. There were judicial, judiciary constraints. There were communication constraints. You know, not every local law enforcement officer in the state of Florida was able to talk to law enforcement officers in the state of Wisconsin or whatever it may be. So I saw what the obstacles were and the challenges. And what became very apparent to me is that. I, as an American citizen, didn't have to actually negotiate those obstacles and those challenges the way a bureaucratic system forced law enforcement officers or NGOs to do that. And so thus ARC was established, and as it continued to grow over the years and, – and in my – let me back up. By 1996, I had pretty much made my decision that there was something bigger than overthrowing small governments – Uh, And I use that kind of jokingly, of course. Um, And that was to rescue what I believed was our greatest asset in America and the future of our country, which was our children. Because surely if we allowed our children in numbers to grow up in uh, dysfunctional environments, they would grow up to be dysfunctional adults, which is not good for the nation to begin with. So it came down to me asking myself one simple question before I decided to move forward with the association for the recovery of children rngo and that was this how do you how do you how do you murder a child without killing them and what the answer became to me was you sexually exploit them and so since 1993 to to the to date what i have learned on every single child exploitation operation that we've been on is that that is really what happens when they are sexually exploited their very soul is ripped from their hearts, and when you look into their eyes it is it is as if you're looking into the eyes of a dead person and that isn't fair and it's not right, particularly in a country where we should be be doing exactly that, protecting our children, probably probably more than anybody else in the nation
3: yeah it's really it's really disturbing, but that's really what it comes down to. And uh, even goes a step further than that when you talk about like the choice of life and and abortion, and so these, this is how you take over and and you change generationally, uh, the systematically, people's you minds. You do. You do, do that work. through. Yeah. Yeah, and I know firsthand because I was abused severely as as. Um, and another thing that we want to get into too is the system, but we'll wait for that um, here, but. You know, for me, my father tried to kill me the first time when I was five. He served in Vietnam. I was born in Fort Benning, as a lot of people know. And um, he turned to drugs and alcohol, And uh, as a lot of people do, you know, whatever he was dealing with. And uh, he abused my mom, raped her, saw that in front of me. And so there's a lot of different ways that people are subjected to. Um, you know, sexual abuse in this country, whether it's trafficking or yeah. uh, raping someone or, you know, uh, tragic domestic abuse. There's so many different ways that people are tragically harmed, and they're mentally and psychologically and emotionally, which is, I think, the most damaging. Honestly, for me, um, I had counseling as a child, um, and then I joined the military, which, you know, really centered my life and, and set me on this journey and, and to want to stop abuse and stop sex trafficking because of the environment that I grew up in. But the system kept putting me back in. And so when that happened, you know it's it's like an emotional roller coaster because on one hand it's your parents and you love them because most people that are abused it happens through their somebody that they know um but there are, you know there are a lot of situations where people run away from home they don't want to deal with it um, and for me, I just want to be loved as a kid. And I think that's what the majority of our children in the world, whether it's a broken home, it's a, it's a you know, um, two-family home or a single home, whatever the child is dealing with, they just want to be loved, I believe. And so when you're taking yeah. that away, I think that's where a lot of harm happens. So we have Basil Baz on the line, he, uh, and he's uh, talking about his company and, and what he's doing to end sex trafficking. But why don't you talk about the role the system plays, lawyers, judges, the corruption that is really entangled? in the protection of a child and and wanting to do right by them.
4: Yeah, we we recently, uh, because this has become uh, uh, an extension of our operations, uh, we recently coined a term called uh, institutional child exploitation, uh, ICE. Um, Not to be mistaken with our good buddies in ICE, but it, it, it is what we have been uh, bumping into for many, many years now. And so exactly, people say, well, what is institutional child exploitation? Well, that is when the system is broken. You have judges or law enforcement officers or social workers or whatever it may be that are not just complicit in the crime. But they are facilitating, uh, facilitating a process that turns innocent children back over to perpetrators, or, and oftentimes, what we're finding, uh, you know, for example, let's say you have a mother. We'll just use a non-custodial parental case. You have a mother who's made a claim that the father has been molesting her daughter, and she goes to court and presents all the evidence, all the medical evidence, all the uh, psychological evidence, all, all the every evidence that shows that this girl indeed was probably molested by her father. And the judge still rules in favor of the father and, in fact, goes beyond that and says, in fact, I'm taking custody of that girl away from you, and I'm giving her to the father. And you literally walk out of court going, what in the world was that all about? Well, later when you investigate, you find out that the judge and the perpetrator are either on the same payroll or they knew each other or the judge, in fact, is a, is a child molester himself or herself or whatever it may be. And so overall we look at it as yes, it's corruption, but corruption in itself can it, it it can be very broad. It can be corruption involving money, it can be corruption involving favors, it can be but this specifically is what we call institutional child exploitation. And the more and more I stay in this arena or this area of operation, the more and more it becomes evident to me that there are so many perpetrators in high-ranking positions in law enforcement and or uh, the judiciary system or the political system or whatever. Hey, look, let's look at Jeffrey Epstein. There's a prime example right there. And look at all the people, people of authority that are, that are being uncovered even with that. And I remember when we stumbled on Jeffrey Epstein 15 years ago maybe and, and tried to figure out who would listen to us, and people were not even interested They could not even believe it, even if you said at time, well, President Clinton has his hands in the cookie jar. People would go, there's no way. Show me proof. And even if you showed them proof, they would still – they would push it aside or bury it or whatever. Well, what we started learning is the people that were burying it were actually aligned with the perpetrators. So this is a very big problem. I'll give you a, a very quick example of corruption. I won't name the state. But I will tell you, we handled a case where a young girl was sold into slavery. And by the way, let me mention this, if I may, Michael and Chauncey. We have more slavery, more human slavery in our nation now than we've ever had in the history of our country. I mean, it's it's sickening. And, and the interesting aspect of slavery, as it is now, is that it is a bigger commodity than it was 200 years ago. Because what we have is we have... Adults in slavery, sexual trafficking, and we have children, and children have basically become a commodity. Um, so much to the point that, yeah, maybe I can sell you a 21-year-old for $1,200 for the evening. I can sell a 10-year-old to you four times that evening for $3,000 each time. So you know, it's 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 just bizarre. Evil has become good, and good is now portrayed as evil. Um, so back to the case. This young girl was sold into trafficking, sex trafficking, by her mother and father, um, and she entered into a world that is almost – it would almost seem like a movie where she was not only trained, transported for multiple parts of her life, but in the midst of her, her trafficking, she managed to escape probably around like when she was 15, 16 maybe, and she went to a church where she sought refuge which should be okay and it was within that church body there was a female youth pastor who engaged in trafficking this girl again not only did she become her her master so to speak but there was a law enforcement officer who was heading up a human trafficking task force that assisted her and then Trafficked her for many, many years until finally she was able to escape again when she was about 21 years old when we helped rescue her out of that. Now, this, here's, here's where it goes. She ended up getting lured back by her traffickers, and she ended up being cut up into pieces put in four different body bags. That's where her life ended, and what we ended up discovering was that there was a network – of law enforcement officers that goes from one state clear across the United States. So now that doesn't mean – let me qualify this. It doesn't mean that law enforcement officers are involved in this. It means that there are some law enforcement officers involved in trafficking. There are some pastors. There are some doctors. There are some politicians. There are some of every profession that you can think of that is involved in child exploitation. So for us in our operations – we do a very extensive vetting process on everybody that's in the game, and, and consistently across the board, what we are seeing, much to what you're speaking to, Michael, is corruption.
3: Absolutely. You know, the thing about it is I'm running for Congress here uh, in Florida, District 21. And actually, I was being followed. My number one platform item was sex trafficking. That's how I met Basil Baz. Um, I reached out because I am heavily involved with ending abuse. I wrote a book, Turning the Page, Overcoming Abuse to Reach Life's Fulfillment. Uh, you know, I learned valuable lessons as a kid when you're abused. And I always saw the devil in my dad's eyes. And I said, you know what, this level of of hate and fear in this world has no place you know, because, you know, I I grew up Catholic, I'm a Judeo-Christian, but, you know, I I have a very, very strong faith in God, and the majority of people that went through something like I did, that story is really relatable, because when you go through that, it's like, that's what you know, and you go back to it, and then it's like, that's the demise of, it's just like, you steal somebody's soul, that's what someone's doing to you, they're stealing your soul, and I'm so passionate about giving life to people, and so when I come out here uh, in Florida, after my very extensive background, non-commissioned officer in the Army, four degrees, you know, I've, I've, worked as an investigator for the feds in employment law. I've done so many different things, published books, started companies, whatever you want to call it, worked on boards, and the bottom line is is that I've done all these things because I want to change lives, I want to help people. And as soon as I started running for office, I have people even today someone called to get information from the local GOP and they're saying Michael's not even a veteran. And so, you know, you have all this level of corruption where people because they know in Palm Beach County, you talk about Jeffrey Epstein, this is his backyard, backyard, and and they let people go into the school st- districts here to recruit children to be trafficked. That's what was happening in Palm Beach County in district 21 where I was going to run. And so what happened was is I was facing all this, you know, hate because I'm going to be breaking up a lot of this because I don't think one child should be trafficked in America and let alone in Florida. So we have to fight to stop this corruption and and this, you know, the taking, it's like demonizing our children's minds. And I think that's the thing that we really have to fight against, and protect. And so I started doing this podcast live with Michael Blooming Jr., and then I started the show with Chauncey, uh, the Michael and Chauncey show, because I want to help other people get Elected into office because I'm like okay the corruption Down here is so thick but then what I Started to realize is doing all this the Last two three months is that you know What this is what I'm supposed to do No matter who if somebody like I was Being followed if somebody wants to kill Me because I want to end sex trafficking You know what I was willing to die for this Country once and I'll do it again but we Need organizations who are actually doing What you're doing Basil that's how I sought you Out because I want to partner with Organizations in US Congress to Be the number one congressperson ending Sex trafficking, not in words But with action
4: Yeah, that's a great point And we do need political leaders like yourself With your background um, Because it's so important Because when NGOs like ours uh, Get roadblocked Because we're bringing evidence to the table And it may be evidence That is going to affect Other political players Or other powerful people or whatever What we don't need is somebody covering up What we don't need is somebody  … um, … complicit in the crime. One of the issues that we ran into, and I won't be able to mention any names now, but you, you, it may be familiar to you, is we actually have, have – still have and have had information on political figures. And if you were to go to the people that are their associates once they were indicted uh, on a crime of sex exploitation, sexual exploitation of a child, you might find that five or six or seven or 15 or 20 other people… Un- knew that what they were doing, but what happened is instead of reporting it initially, they didn't. They covered it up, and they and because it kept going on and on and on, they said, "Well, now I can't report it because somebody's going to say I was complicit in this crime." And I've got three kids in high school; they're going to be going to college. I need this job. My constituents are going to look at me like, you know, I'm a really bad person if I didn't say anything. And here's what I tell people that are. That are moving up this career ladder that you're moving up is it's never too late. Look, you may have made the mistake the first time and not said anything because your fellow Republican or your fellow Democrat or your federal fellow whatever is, you know, abusing children, but you can say something now, you know, and and it's better to say something now than to never have said anything a lot, it, later and go to your grave knowing that you could have made a difference. In America, one of the problems we run, run into, Michael, is this. People believe, or have been led to believe, that if we discover something, that we're doing something about it because we've discovered it. When in reality, nothing hits, nothing ha- happens. There's no justice. A child isn't rescued. And, what, and we could go on and on, on on forever. Well, from, from us being downrange, what we realize is that if we have evidence that a child is being abused and needs to be rescued or saved – we go rescue or save that child because here, for us in ARC, our motto is simply this, if we do not, who will? And that's what I tell all of America, if you do not, who will? Now, I realize that there are people that have a lot of things they have to handle. They have jobs that not everybody can do what we're doing, and I'm not saying that everybody will be able to do what we do. But I am saying this, if you care for the future of this country… And you don't want this crime to come to your backyard. You better learn what's happening with it, and you better get involved on some level, whether that is simply recognizing what the problem is and reporting it or actually engaging with your own children and be the parent that you're supposed to be so that your children don't become targets of sex trafficking. Because when it does come to your town or when it does come to your backyard, you're going to be calling people like us. Or people like you, Michael, to say, please help. Please help. We are in a terrible situation. Our daughter has disappeared or our son has disappeared because I will tell you, this is a very sophisticated industry when we talk about sex trafficking. It used to be, well, somebody grabbed a kid here, somebody grabbed a kid there. But there is so much money in this now that the caliber of evildoers is almost identical to guys like me who come out of the special operations community. Why? Because they're motivated by money. And it is a business. And it is very sophisticated. And I think people need to understand that. Last year within the United States, $26 billion in child pornography. $26 billion in child pornography. Now let me just ask a simple question to our listeners, and that is this. Where are all these children that are being filmed being held? I don't know the answer to that, but I will tell you that they are being held somewhere. And why is it that we allow child pornography to even exist? Well, because you know why? Because we allow pornography to exist. And what happens is we desensitize our society to a point that we believe that sex in any form or fashion should be tolerated. And that's why we have people in legislative positions now pushing. That pedophilia should be downgraded from a crime to something like a disease. Or that's why we have the LGBT pushing that pedophilia should be a normal thing, that children should be able to explore their sexuality. That's why we have it coming into our schools, you know, things where, like in the state of Colorado, it just happened down there, Colorado Springs, where a teacher actually had students reenact sacrifices and sexual activities in front of Moloch the god Moloch, and um, and then it got reported, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like one young girl, and it's, and it's in the paper, was actually forced to act out being raped by a sexual ritual in front of this god Moloch. And if you think of that, and you think, what what is going on? Well, what's going on is we're sexualizing our children at a very young age so that we can have our way with children, and that's the voice of, perpetrators, so that all of a sudden we can normalize sexual activity with children. And guess what? It doesn't become a crime. It's the same thing we're dealing with now with states that want to legalize prostitution. And I know that that's the wrong thing to do because remember this. With their prostitutes, they've got to to refill their stables, so they're going to go after younger and younger and younger. So if prostitution is legal and you have a 15-year-old who's now a prostitute, what are you going to do about that? And so what we've actually, we're actually doing, we're actually doing the same thing that the Socialist Democratic Party is doing. We're normalizing certain things, and good, good, hardcore Americans with moral absolutes are actually being swayed to the left to go, well, that's okay. Very much like what you said, Michael. Hey, there was a time.
0: Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too.
1: At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com, and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max.
4: Abortion was not tolerated, and yet you've got governors like in the state of Virginia that are literally saying a baby can be born, and we can make that decision after the baby is born to do what? Kill the baby. you got to be kidding me. That guy should be in That's jail.
3: disgusting. Exactly. Yeah. Northam is a really sick person. He's also a person who likes to dress up in blackface. … which I think is just so racist, and it, it's just no place in society, but he still stays in office. Uh, a big thing about what you were saying, uh, Basil, is that things get swept under the rug. You know, Sheriff Brad uh, Bradshaw, Rick Bradshaw here in Palm Beach County, um, they know about these things that are going on because they're involved with the corruption. Um, you know, you look at uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, He his case specifically, he, he was let out of prison. He's a sex offender. He should have never been allowed to get out of prison. They put him in West Palm Beach for work release during the day, and they were getting kids into this uh and down into this office in west palm beach and This is the kind of things that are being reported and he's still he's still the sheriff of Palm Beach county here where i 'm running i mean these are the kind of yeah. people that when I get into office, I want to ensure that they're put in prison because there's no place in society I think people Become so afraid that they just, you know, instead of do something, they get they just it's like they become desensitized. You know this in the military, like I do, Basil. When you go and you're on a deployment or you come back home and you go and you're training again, and you just like a cycle, you kind of just get used to it. You're just psychologically prepared for what's coming. But there's so many things that are happening around us in our community in America every single day, and people just become like, oh. It's just a part of society it's not a big it's not a big deal it's you know that'll be okay somebody else will you know that's a problem somebody else right. will take care of it and then in Ohio remember the case in Ohio where the kids were handcuffed and chained, and the house was like literally. 50 yards. I mean, the house was right next to it. They were living in the basement right there, these kids, and the neighbors next door never even knew they were down there. When you talk about yeah. where is this happening, it's happening in your it's in a suburbia USA, in America, right in your streets, your neighborhoods, these things are happening. And unless we stand up, unless we do something, we're just going to, con- you know, what's going to happen? The next generation is going to be, it's going to be worse and worse and worse until we stand up and do something about it.
4: I
2: would agree 100%. uh, Basil, I just want to, and Michael, I just want to inter interject, Basil. I have to say again that the work that you're doing, you're undertaking, uh, I've been disgusted by most of the things that you've described tonight. But I just want to digress for a minute and talk about where this country is morally, because you mentioned that. Right now, we're going through a spiritual warfare between good and evil, of things of the known and unknown. And you've identified those things. And we have evil people on all levels of government, churches, organizations. And it talks about this in Revelations. Mm -hmm. The battle now is within the spiritual of the principalities of good and evil. And that's how come people can't understand how come Donald Trump became the president because God's will. Exactly. And God, is, and God is lining up all of his people like myself, Michael, you. We are soldiers of the most high. And as we talk about these issues, and I talk about it as well, the moral fiber of this country has been stretched to the limit. We talk about these isolated incidents, but we have to decide. Do we want to serve God or the devil? That's the real issue that is before this country and the American people. And that is the real greater challenge here. It's not that Donald Trump is racist. We're embarked upon a religious and spiritual warfare. And I've noticed that by how we are aligning ourselves. doesn't matter our color. We are aligning ourselves together because of our faith and our conviction to faith. Yeah. And it exposes those who lack faith and who are hypocrites to their office and to their religious beliefs.
4: That you are is really exactly what we're right. talking about here. Yeah. Okay. It is. You know, many times, Chauncey, people will ask me, they'll say, psychologists will ask me, they'll say, you know, well, well why do you think that, that, that man or that woman raped that three year old? It's like I look and I go, I don't need to know why they did it. It's wrong. That's the problem with it. Yes, it's and like they go, a well, what is it? Do you think it's a sickness? I, and I just, yeah, and I go, they go, do you think it's a sickness? I go, it's evil. It's just evil. And and it then and, and you look on their faces like, well, what do you mean evil? They don't get it because you're exactly right, Chauncey. We fight a war. Uh, of spiritual principalities And that has always been that way And that's why when I refer to The child's soul being ripped out And I find this very interesting And I'm, I'm really glad you said what you said Because it's so true It's so true And I think we have to be focused on that Because that transcends everything Race, creed, creed color, the whole thing It's our faith in, in God and everything And I tell people this I say, you know what Re- oh, Let me explain something to people, and I I, don't, I could care less what people think about me. You know, They can call me anything they want to. I'm a Marine. I'm a patriot. I know who I am in God, and I tell people this. I say, you know what? Let me make this clear to you. God doesn't need your belief or disbelief in order to exist. You didn't bring yourself into this world, and you're not taking yourself out of this world, and you will stand Amen. before the creator of this entire universe. That's a fact of life that nobody can get past to. Now, and and so if that be the case which in fact it is you have a choice you can align yourself with God on this earth and do what he wants you to do now or you can suffer the consequences later and there is nothing in the law of nature that does not suggest that we do not suffer consequences for our actions we do every single day every human being on this earth it doesn't matter what it is we will we will suffer consequences for our actions if they're bad. And at the same time, if our choices are good, we benefit from those things. And I don't think, you don't have to be a believer in God to understand that principle. That's just the way it is. Call it law of nature, whatever you want to call it. The universe, universe. exactly. But the very breath, the very breath we have, and the Bible says this, it says that God made us on the earth, and he breathed into us, and we became a living soul. And I have yet to see one human being on their deathbed go well you know what i don't think i want to die right now and not do it when god calls you home he calls you home and so what we deal with is exactly it is very much spiritual warfare and what i find funny is that people that would be listening to the three of us have this discussion rest night might think well you know they're just a bunch of just a bunch of faith-based guys well you know what like yes we are actually because we have you served said the same time. thing about jesus christ Exactly. They said the same thing. And if those you, are – even if you don't believe in the Bible, those are still historical facts. They existed. Universal Everything, laws. Universal it, law. It all – exactly. So when we look at this, I don't think that we can take the spiritual component out of it. And I, I think that if you think that, that it's just that God is part of the equation, it's not. It is that God is the equation, and this whole Amen. thing – and, and much to what you said about President Trump, that's what happened right there. Now, I, I remember being up at the DOJ and talking to some real good friends up there. I had a meeting up at the White House, and I asked them. I, I just asked them. I said, is President Trump a believer? And they told me, they said, he's a baby Christian, but he's given it his mm-hmm. best shot, and we've got people around him. And as we all know, anybody who comes to faith, we don't, we don't do it right at first. You know, It takes time to grow into that. But i got to tell you, I honor him. For, for recognizing what side of the fence he needs to be on and realizing that the very breath he has is given to him by God and also realizing that he cannot carry the weight of the United States and the world on his shoulders without having God in his life. And I, I, I remember somebody told me that Attorney General Barr, who is another individual that I, I <coughs> admire so much and hope to meet one day, um, I think a good friend of mine said, you know what? He gets up every morning with a cup of coffee and his Bible, and that's how he starts his day. Well, guess what? When you listen to him and you watch him, you see the presence of God and his wisdom, his strength, and his courage all over that man. And what I that's learned from that is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I learned is. No, Baz.
2: No, no. I'll wrap yeah, go up, ahead. And then I'll, I'll interject. No, I just wanted to, to say that Donald Trump might be a baby as far as religion, but his faith is bigger than
4: him. Yeah, that's a great way of putting he, it.
2: <laughs> you see how he talks. he his
4: faith. That's faith, his
2: confidence, his outward look on things, his faith, things to hope for and to come for. The
4: difference is promises made, promises kept. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. To, to which, so to which that, I so might I think, address, I, I hope all of his promises that he made, he indeed can keep those because I know that the people have trusted him based on those promises.
2: This time may not be good for him, but history will be kind to him. Like you know Ronald Reagan. Came into
4: that. You're exactly right. Yeah, like President Reagan. Exactly.
2: He is going to go down, Donald yeah. Trump, as the greatest history in American history. One yeah. of his greatest presidents well, right? you know, in American
4: history. I think he will. I think I would agree with you. I think he will. And you know, it's interesting. One of the things you know, you may not like his delivery, but there is a thread that runs through him. And if I may take the liberty of saying this, not speaking for the president, but um, I know I have close friends that have known him for many, many years, and um, I admire him on multiple levels. But because his patriotism. But there is a thread, and it's not often spoken by him, but I I honestly believe he understands this. And it's something I came to grips with um, early on in my career. I do not believe that there are Chinese Americans. I do not believe there are Irish Americans. I do not believe there are African Americans. I do not believe there are Australian Americans. I do not believe any of that. What I believe is we are Americans. That's it. Because most of those people, even though it becomes something handed down through our history, have never been to Australia, have never been to China, have never been to Africa, have never been anywhere but right here in America. And so mm-hmm. what I learned, particularly coming out of the military and the Marine Corps, was that it did not matter where, what state you came from. It did not matter what color you were. It did not matter necessarily how well you spoke or how well you did not speak. Downrange – we all bled the same. It is the same. We all bleed the same. And with that in mind, Amen. in the Marine Corps, the one thing that allowed us to, to fight for our country and stand side by side to give our life for our country and our Constitution was that we were one thing. In that case, we were Marines, and we were Americans, and never in my entire career I'm, – I'm 63 years old – never in my entire career being downrange with special operations or with the Marine Corps did I ever, ever – hear the conflict that we see in america today when people go well you live in this state or you're this color or you speak not the way i speak and we never had it because we were mission focused and that's what meant that's what meant more to us than anything was accomplishing the mission as one thing and one thing only americans and i think that you know when we saw the the push by the socialist side on all of this diversity stuff look If you study what diversity means, it means differences. And the minute you tell people, hey, look at our differences, it's human nature to look at your difference. How about celebrate something better than diversity? How about unity? How about celebrate unity? You're an American, and when you look at people as just an American, guess what? You can't discriminate against them because the greatest document that was ever created in history, the Constitution of the United States or the Declaration of Independence, Supports all of that about being an American. Now, when you step outside of that and try to be something other than an American, well, it's like walking up on a soccer team that wears orange jerseys and you've got a green jersey and you go, I'm on your team. People go, You are? You are? So when I start hearing people say, Well, look, I have a right to be a socialist. Well, really? I think being a socialist is treason. You know, it's socialism says democracy should go away and that's a threat against our democracy so how should we deal with you and i look at people that and i go you know what i don't think you are an american and that's that's what i start looking at so i just want to say unity is what we should be looking at because that's what's going to keep our strength united we stand how about this remember this united we stand divided we fall and what's the best way to divide
3: absolutely
4: teach them diversity Uh, And you know what? I only know that because I came out of the CIA, and one of the tricks of the trade that we used to help governments fall was to teach diversity. Look at your neighbor. He has more than you have. Oh, look at that person. They're a different color. Oh, look at that other person over there. They wear different clothes than you. And you know what it did? It fueled the fire that caused the country to trip all over itself instead of people going, well, wait a minute. We're all from… Wherever we're all from America, or we're all Ukrainians, or we're all Sud- Sudanese, you you get rid of diversity stuff and get unity, America gets strong again.
2: Amen. That was powerful. That's the truth. That was yeah. That, that absolutely. Was we got to work together. Powerful. You know. We we Amen. have to, and I just want to share that. You know, I hope Michael, when you get to, to Congress, the educational system is broken in our country. You know, I'm 57. When I was in school, Pledge of Allegiance, we prayed. These things have been omitted about being an American, yeah. the history of America from our books. When you want to go left and teach people about a person's sexual orientation and what they contributed to the society, you're going against the Bible that you put your hand down when you swore, or the Quran that you swore to your oath of office, not only the whole of the Constitution but what's in the book of the Bible. And that's what I find hypocritical with politicians today is that you want to say, I want to be an American, I I am a Christian, but yet you you impose these policies and you impose your left-wing ideology on children and people. And that's the part that I am disgusted by when you say you want to represent people as well as the oppression yeah. of the Democratic Party, of the masses of people.
3: Yeah, you know, I would agree. agree we've, to
2: touched upon, we've touched upon a lot of great issues today. And what's important about our show is you know, we have real people, real issues, and real talk. That's important.
3: The Thank mainstream you so much, for people, coming on.
2: Yes, yes. You have enlightened me, been enlightened America, and we're going to keep sharing this show because what you're talking about is critical, And even children need to know that everybody you go to is not safe to go to,
4: whether it's your pastor or the church.
2: Everybody you go to is not safe, and that's sad in the country of America today. Because the exact same people that we're we're going to for safety, they're robbing our children again of their childhood and of their life. And that is really sad. Well, I mean I we've well, got we to, to do something about it,
3: and the, the time to talk about things is – you know, this is a great platform to talk about these things, but that's why I'm taking action. That's why Basil's taking action. That's why we have these platforms, Chauncey, because we're going to do yes, something sir. about it. The thing about me is I'm a man of action. I'm a man on fire, and I love taking action. I don't like talking about things. People that sit around a campfire all day and talk about, oh, well, if we did this and we do that – I don't have time for that. I'm a, you know, we gotta we gotta act now. The time is today. So if when you, Basil, how can people contribute to what you're doing? How can they go and connect with what you're doing? How can they volunteer? How can they help out? You know, and uh, anything I can do to be a spokesman for your organization, you know, I want to do it, and I'm sure Chauncey does as well. Without well, question. thank you
4: for asking that. On on the political side, I'll be probably approaching you with our legislative agenda, um, which is requires stiffer penalties for people that exploit children, because I believe if we make it stiff enough, it will discourage them. <clears throat> um, in reference to uh, taking a look at our organization, you can go to www.recoveryofchildren.org. Um, we need your prayers. Number one, is one of the most powerful bits of support we can get. Number two, we always need your financial support. Um, I can tell you that no one in our organization receives a paycheck. We're all volunteer. We have been since 1993 um... and uh... every penny goes towards operations and so if this is any any comfort to anybody thus far i believe we've been blessed uh... to run our operations properly because we have a hundred percent success rate and that every child we've gone after we've brought home and that is a that is number one that is a miracle it's god's hand but number two it's because we're mission focused and we have i think we have the right people on board so um, as far and, and also one of the things I think is important, and I'll mention this, is that there are a lot of people out there that think they know what they're doing in the anti-trafficking world, and more and more uh, we're seeing that they don't. And so they fall short, they get discouraged, then they leave. We don't want you to leave. We want you to know what you're doing. So we offer a three-day course, a very intense eight-hour day, three-day course to anybody who's interested in that And contact us on our website, and we'll come there. We believe, and we have been told by members of uh, of many law enforcement organizations, that this is the best course that has ever been offered in the United States to date. I think that comes from the fact that since we've been around since 1993, we've had a lot more years than most NGOs. So we want to encourage people to get on board, and we will help equip them so that they can be successful with all of us so that we can put a very big dent in child trafficking or child sexual exploitation in our country.
3: Yeah, that's really pleasure. important, and thank you for sharing that information because you know, and, and also on the other side of the spectrum, people get into the business. Like here in Delray Beach, uh, this organization was supposed to be helping individuals who are or that's a child sex ring that was busted. It's been here for 15 years, which I just find just there's no way that that's possible that nobody knew about that. And then they had a center where they were trying to help individuals who are being trafficked. So here you are, you have these organizations. And they're supposed to be there to help, and they're actually part of the problem because they're forcing the kids back into it. So that is something that these predators know. Because a normal person doesn't think that way, you know that's one of the main things. It's like you, you got to have a criminal mind in some instances, but you also have to be proactive to avoid what these criminals are thinking. A normal person wouldn't think that way, but there's out here, there's a lot of people out here who are, and, and we have to be aware. So I mean, education in the community is so key, especially in vulnerable populations that are schools. Instead of in trying to indoctrinate our kids, and, and like you had mentioned earlier, you know they're trying to push this, you know, sexual identity on the kids that a very young age, which is very harmful to society Try to help them So that when there is a warning sign That the people at the schools, the principals The social workers, the teachers Are able to do something about it
4: Exactly Well, you know, in our society And I, and I, I, I think it's worth saying Is that we are being led to believe That we should tolerate everything That we should erase our moral absolutes And I'm here to tell you That if you do that, your society will fall And that may be what the left wants. That may be what the Socialist Democratic Party wants. That may be what George Soros wants. That may be what globalism is all about. But we cannot allow that to happen, and I do not have to tolerate everything, nor do I expect people in America to tolerate everything. We have to learn to draw lines, and we have to be able to stand probably, in my opinion, biblically and say this is right and this is wrong. And stand by it, because guess what? It served our nation in the past. Why does it not serve our nation now and in the future? It does. And so we've got to have people, Americans, that go, look, I don't really care what you think about me. I know what's right, and I know what's wrong. I know that sexually molesting a child is wrong, and I know that the person that does it needs to go away forever. You know, And so I think we have to get to a point that we stand on – like I said, stand on the Constitution – and stand on what is right and voice voice what is right, rather than uh, being scared and thinking, well, hey, they're going to think that, uh, well, Chauncey, you mentioned it, they're going to think that I'm uh, I don't like illegal immigration and I'm a racist or or uh, I'm this or I'm that. I'm that. When in fact mm-hmm. you know you're not. When in fact you know you have a great heart. When in fact you have a great record. You know, we can't we can't be bullied. What's so ironic about this is the left is all about anti-bullying, and yet the left bullies, but you cannot allow yourself to be bullied to go, okay, I've got to be like the rest of the world because God and Jesus Christ was not like the rest of the world. We have to be compassionate. We have to love, but what is right is right, and what is wrong is wrong, and we have to stand on that. If we are not, we will be cast to the wind, and we won't have a nation.
3: I agree 100%. Thank you so much, Basil, for being on the show, and uh, thank you for what you're doing, man. It's a miracle from God because, you know, it takes a uh, it takes a special person to be able to stand up in the face of adversity. And uh, serving in the military, you know, we're willing to do that, and and a lot of other brave patriots, uh, people doing things all over the country. And uh, I just pray that they do the right thing. If you see something, say something, do the right thing. That's all I ask, the American people.
4: I do. I do, too. Thank you both, gentlemen, for having me on your show. It's been an honor and a pleasure. God bless both of you, and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future.
2: Thank you, and God bless you, and God bless the work that you're doing. God bless all the children you've saved and are trying to save.
4: Perfect. Thank you. Out here.
3: So, Chauncey, that was really powerful. You know, I was really – just you know so excited about having the interview just because of the information that we're able to exchange and and get out to the people that's why the show is so critical i mean we're not doing stuff that everyday people are doing i mean we're trying to uncover the truth i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a person that believes that when you serve god that good things happen and that you know you'll you'll lead on your path to find the answers that you strive to find and so nothing is by accident
2: no, and Elohim is the head of my household, and I serve his will. And as we've always talked about, all we try to do is help our fellow man and share love. Uh, that's what Michael and Chauncey are about. Uh, you know, we're doing this because it's the right thing to do, and we've been blessed by the Most High to get this message out here. And I thank God for his mercy and grace, um, Michael and I, to allow us to do this show in spite of the obstacles that we face from the mainstream media and the left and those who control all of these social media outlets. Um, I'm very thankful that we're still able to get our message out, and we will continue to do that because we're fighting for the American people. We're fighting for our country, and we're fighting to protect what is right for our future generations. Uh, Basil Baz was an awesome guest on our show today, uh he enlightened me and, and American people on a lot of information and a lot of things that are going on. Uh that is very, very troubling, that we have people that involve in sex trafficking, uh in law enforcement, in nonprofits, in the churches, um, at all levels. And it reminds me of the movie of The Matrix, where uh Mr. Jones, all of his people infiltrated, acting as other characters uh, to succeed their own will and it's sad uh, but we know it exists uh, we serve a merciful God and we know that the devil exists and we're not going to give him any more credit that is due and our purpose here is to terminate the devil and save the children I've always said that to Michael um, that is my purpose in life then uh, I am blessed to have the grace and mercy of the Most High and the opportunity. To do a show like this with you, Michael, and have the guests that we have on that come from the truth, their heart, their compassion. Um, this is not a political show. This is a spiritual and information show. Uh, where We keep it right. We keep it real. And we have real people and real issues and real talk. I'm blessed to be on this platform with you, Michael. And thank the American people for listening to us tonight. And uh Michael, I'll let you uh, close out while sharing with the American people uh, our next show and our platforms where we could be reached and if they would like to donate to our cause to fight for liberty and justice in our country where they can donate to us.
3: <clears throat> Amen. It's very important you know that we come through with our voice and it's heard. Um, you can follow us on Liberty today u s a uh, that's on Twitter. And uh, it's important. You know, you can reach us on Patreon to help contribute to the show. Uh, we want to expand the show. We want to also get it on a more secure platform uh, so our show won't be cut out and that we can't be compromised. We need to have uh, digital protection because we are under attack. Um, I'm definitely under attack. You know, running for Congress and putting my name back out there is going to make uh, me a threat because I am going to fight for the truth. And I fa- I fight for the American people. I love America. I love this country. And anybody who who in this country or district who thinks that I didn't serve this country is an absolute disgrace. And you're a, you know people that call out military, our proud military men and women who have served, because this isn't just in my case, because I'm running for U.S. Congress, that people are trying to attack my character. This is happening every single day in America, and we have to fight for our, our, our brave men and women who served, and I will do that, not in words, but in action. And, and this kind of stuff that happens where veterans are looked down on and just like treated like trash and garbage after you're willing to die for this country, and we have gold star families who have sacrificed so much we need more benefits to go to families of our veterans, and I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to fight for the American people. And on this show, we're going to expose the truth. A Michael and Chauncey show. We're so thankful that Basil Baz came on today. We're going to have two California congressional candidates on uh, next Tuesday. Our shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays from seven to eight p.m. And we're going to have Eric Early, who's running against Adam Schiff and Amy Pan. Excuse me, Amy Fan West. On the show as well. It is running in California as well. We need to help support our candidates. We need to help uh, support their, their campaigns. Please support my campaign, Michael Bloomling Jr. for Congress, Florida District 21. Please help spread the message. We need all the love and we need all the prayers. Please pray for the show. Please pray for the victims in the communities who are being taken advantage of. And pray for political people in positions to do the right thing. And God bless America. God bless Israel. Happy uh, Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Michael and Chauncey Show. Please follow us on Twitter at Liberty Today USA. You can also contribute to the show on Patreon.
0: Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev.
1: At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com, and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max.